tides. Well, uh, I'll just record one more thing before I start climbing. Uh, currently I am at the base of a pile of jumbled rocks and boulders. It's, it's part of a massive outcropping of rocks sticking out of the tidal plain like a sore thumb. I, I wonder if this is a former island that's been worn down? I, I can see a few more bumps and general lumpiness kind of trailing off to the southeast. Uh, more mountains aren't too far of a trek from here, but I think the top of this rise uh, is above the tides with all the gradual climbing I've been doing. Which, <laughs> famous last words, right? I, I spent the noon period, which is maybe four hours or so, out of direct sunlight under an overhang nearby. The water sculpted the rocks at the base into sort of these weird fragile archways and mushrooms. Montague, I'm I'm no expert, but I, I think this is basalt, which would mean it's volcanic in origin, right? Uh, some sedimentary bands in the nearest rock face, uh, no fossils that I can see, which uh, more's the pity. Uh, the boulders are... Eh, you know what? I am not super into describing rocks to you. Maybe I'll pick up some samples for you to amuse yourself with, with that little hammer of yours. I, I should mention to Stevens, if he's listening, which he should be, that you should never assume that details about the environment are unimportant. Uh, the rocks here could mean a great deal to our work, especially if they're old enough to be from before Fonz was captured by Volturnus. Confirming that theory would inform how we view the development of life here. <laughs> Still, no need to get carried away. Rocks are just rocks, stromatolites notwithstanding. On the seaward side, the mud and sand form a ramp that makes the walk halfway up easier, though it's still a loose muck that has to be slogged through. <sighs> Stevens, if you get the chance to come down here, bring some good boots and prepare for slogging. It's been daylight for nearly 48 hours, but there's still water underneath the surface trickling down to the sea, which makes it nice and mushy. This region is similar to the high tide zone on Earth, uh, mostly dry, at least until the tide comes in. I've seen a lot of those same shells that I saw before. I actually managed to scrape one off that I think was right on the verge of death. It, it was hanging on very loosely and had a grayness to its shell and I immediately regretted it as it turned out to be of small white worms and pretty much fell apart in my hands. <sighs> it, I would have held on to the shell, but I've got no place to put it. <sighs> Other than that, there are a large number of plants or plant-like organisms, uh, mostly simple in structure, the most common type being a tall stalk about five inches thick at the base and four to fifteen feet high with five large sort of rough leaves or fronds that fan out symmetrically. 
at the base underneath the sand, there's a very large, dense bulb that I couldn't unearth entirely. God knows I tried. Uh, their coloring is green with sort of blackish spots. At the very top of the shorter ones is a sort of orifice that I, I just can't tell the purpose of right now. Uh, they're spread out, sort of resembling the distribution of desert plants more than they would, say, a forest. I am going to look around the area a little bit more before heading out. I've found a new species of shellfish that I hadn't seen at all further down. Now, these, they're congregated along the edges of trickling streams that must be somewhat permanent features, especially to either side of this group of stones, ranging in a scattered way up the sides of the rock pile. Their shells are massive, bigger than I am, and probably at least seven feet tall and about as wide in diameter. Uh, they're a tan color, not that different from the sand around, and unreflective and rough. There are a lot of them around, clustered together sometimes so close that their shells are right up against each other and they're almost fused together. I counted 12 on one side and 15 on the other. I, <laughs> I kept my distance as best I could, though. You know, out of caution. The plants I mentioned are getting shorter, I think. I, I thought it was my imagination at first, but the tallest one is less than 10 feet now. Uh, maybe it has something to do with the time of day? I don't know. Uh, a further investigation will have to wait. I'm ready to climb up now, so wish me luck. <sighs> Maybe 30 or 40 feet up from where I was, which, you know, not too bad. <laughs> Lots of ledges kind of winding back and forth and back and forth. <sighs> this next part is more sheer, but there are handholds, and hey, the lower gravity lets me pretend to be a little more agile than I would otherwise be. Volturnus is getting higher overhead, and I'm just I'm imagining a, a tower tall enough to reach it, where I can just climb hand over hand and <laughs> reach the gas giant. Somewhere in the middle, I could just let go and fall the rest of the way upwards. Honestly, that would be nice. Just gently drifting down the, well, much longer, other side of the center of gravity. <sighs> anyway, uh, back to work. Okay. Oh, never ask me to tell you about that part. <sighs> Almost died. Stupid clumsy suit. Stupid, stupid fucking suit. Oh, I gotta keep it on, though. For for the fucking environment's sake. Oh, fuck me. That sucked. There's a, there's a partial eclipse happening, so I need to remember not to look at it directly if I want to keep my eyesight. Now, now I'm at the top of the rocks, which is probably... A couple hundred feet above the tidal plane. 
the scree pile certainly helped, and the blocks of basalt formed kind of a staircase in places. There was a steep bit, but it rounded off again, and it was better near the top. Whew, just took a while. It's just a big lump of igneous rock, a, a, a pillar, it seems, of volcanic rock just pushing upwards from the ocean floor. It's more useful for your core theories than my research, Montague. There's a not exactly flat area at the top, which we could drill into sometime if you're, you know, free to drop by. <laughs> Maybe find a little of the remains of an ancient seabed. That'd be interesting. Uh, uh, by the way, Melissa, your calculations were just slightly off the mark. Not just for the first wave, but also for the one that I see coming over the horizon now. Holy shit. Uh, I, I, I'm lashing down the beacon and myself and just praying for the best. I'm, I'm probably high enough up here. If I die... Oh, wait. I did that bit already. <laughs> Holy fuck! Oh, Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> Can you imagine surfing here? Holy crap! Oh, high tides maybe six or, or seven feet below my position, but the spray from the initial wave went right over the rock, right over me, and then the splashdown right on top of me. Oh, I guess I needed a shower. Jesus. Oh, still, I stayed on, so hey, that's something. This, this is the crest of the wave right now. Uh, Volturnus is a, a bit past peak overhead, so, so my current position is, is somewhat tenable. Uh, I, I'll untie myself from this boulder, and I'll set up the beacon. Hold on one second. <laughs> so, uh, basically, I, I think I screwed this into the rock somehow? Uh, don't hold up the antenna, or is it this bit? Oh, are these the right screws? They're supposed to be Okay, uh, so I've got the antenna up, and it's got a lot more range than my own transmitter. Wow. Um, I'll, I'll link it up, and... Hello? Hello, uh, this is Fred Uris. Hello? Uh, mayday, mayday. Uh, this is Dr. Winifred Uris, uh, SOS, or some shit. I'm alive. I'm down here, and I'm alive. Okay. Interesting local wildlife. Uh, the tide is still high, but Stevens. These large lumps, they're not exactly shellfish, uh, in that they're not completely stuck in one place. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a rough description. When I look down through the water, and it's, it's pretty deep down, but I can see the higher ones fairly well through the greenish murky seawater, 
But but when I looked down through it, I, I saw some of them open up hatches. A, a single hatch right in the top of each shell. Uh, what emerged was first a, a, just a mass of tentacles, and then a pale grayish body that I guess resembled a slug? It, it, it's hard to see details from where I am. It, mostly they just protrude out of the shells like this, the tentacles waving in, I guess, what is the backflow of the tide coming down from the mainland. But occasionally one will lug itself out completely and just slowly worm their way through the water. Sometimes they even come close enough to the surface that I can see them completely clearly. All things considered, they're surprisingly poor swimmers, and their tails don't end so much in a fin as a vague, tapered point. Uh, tentacles are sort of shortish, maybe about a foot long, and there's a ring of feathery ones on the outside that fan out. Uh, to venture a guess, I'd say they're probably filter feeding, uh, same as much as the ocean life here. There's an inner ring of thicker tentacles around a beak-like mouth. It's very cephalopod-esque. It's not the most athletic-seeming, I want to say. Huh. It's interesting, they, they never get too close together. Without apparent eyes, they seem to weave around each other. A few of them are swimming at all, maybe three at a time are active, with some individuals never even leaving the shell. Some go over to... I, I think it's a shell, just an unoccupied one. Uh, they rub themselves over its base. It, it has one opening that definitely wasn't open before, which I guess implies that someone or something is in it. Uh, they, they also float around those plants, I noticed. Uh, their stems fully retracted now and just the fronds waving out. Uh, something's gliding in from the direction of the ocean, leaving a wake behind it. It's, oh, it's a big shape, maybe school bus size? And a dark, it's a shadow in the sea. It, it has a lot of, I don't know, maybe a dozen thick spikes that are just protruding in all directions. The, the other fish have mostly steered clear of the colony, but this one came right in and is hovering nearby just a few yards off. Uh, a spike moves and touches a shell, and immediately the protruding creature draws themselves back in all at once. The, the lids on their shells don't close, though. And the swimming creatures don't respond much at all, at least at least not abruptly. Uh, some are heading back to their places. It's just, it, it floats there like a massive bulk. And I know this is just my perception, but there's not much fear or panic going on, like like you would see in response to a predator. But but they do respond to it. They, they know why it's here. It, in the end, it, it went away slowly, uh, with the flow of the tide starting to go back out. 
the other creatures reemerged. Very few are moving from their spots, and honestly, I'm I'm too tired to keep leaning over the edge to stare at them. The the sun is just it's glinting off the water, and the the water's churning around the rocks, and the rocks are they're lifting me to the air and air between me and the planet and the sun. <laughs> I'm just too tired. <laughs> just like a bicycle, my dad would say. Am I a bicycle? <laughs> it's been day for so long now. Maybe I was a bicycle all along? Uh, when the tide's low, I can check and see whether I left footprints or just a long, single line. What's the saying? Uh, that's the part where the bicycle carried me, and the parts with the footsteps are where I carried the bicycle. But they'll all be washed away soon anyhow. <sighs> okay. Uh, let's see, how about an inventory? Uh, I've been here about 62 hours now. I, I have eight emergency rations left. Um, eating them while remaining in the suit requires uh, some flexibility, which I've been able to manage by pulling my arms in, but it's predictably uncomfortable. Outside my personal environment, I have a small drill that was part of the beacon kit and a tiny folding knife attached to me with a carabiner. Uh, a small amount of cable, also part of the beacon kit, that I used to tie myself down to the rock earlier. I have my water desalination kit with the accompanying extendable solar ray that powers a heat source. I have with reserve oxygen and a fully functioning rebreather, about six hours of potential air supply if I'm stuck somewhere lower than the tide. At the altitude of the tidal plane beneath me, say, if I fell off this rock, that might be barely enough to make it through one cycle. But it, it doesn't matter anyway, since the raw kinetic energy of the wave would be enough to kill me just by slapping me against a rock. <laughs> Honestly, the telesuit itself is very durable despite being on the heavy side, though quite scuffed from my climb. Uh, the, the viewport is a little bit dusty, and it's superficially scratched from the wreck, but the water reclamation system is working well with minimal waste. Solid waste, or what little I've produced, I've placed now in sealed bags under a heavy stone. Which reminds me, I only have a couple more of those bags, after which, you know, too bad, pristine ecosystem, it's literally my manifest destiny to come and shit all over you. Oh, oh shit. Uh, sorry about that, Stevens and Melissa. If if you're listening. The internal computer system of the suit is uh, functional, though I've been limiting my use of it to the broadcasting and voice recording features only. Uh, 
Uh, as long as the sun is shining, there will be power for it. I I'm limiting my use of the heads-up display just to store the maximum amount of charge for tonight. It'll get dark for a long time. Full darkness for around 66 hours. Uh, not looking forward to that. It'll be cold, too. Which, nothing my suit can't handle, so long as the battery holds out. Still, the, the day didn't get quite as hot as I was afraid it would, so maybe the nights won't be quite as bad in this region. Uh, the vigorous currents distributing heat and the influx of heat from the ocean vents might counteract the lack of sunlight. Uh, the fumes of the far-off volcano are contributing to the haziness of the sky right now. I'm glad for my air filters once again. Uh, speaking of volcanism, Montague, I, I haven't noticed any of those tremors that I mentioned since I came up here. Uh, when I was walking, I felt like I passed over a few bands of them, like a very localized tremor. But when I put my head close to the rock beneath me, I, I, I feel like I can almost hear something like a, a faint faint song <laughs> the microphone won't pick it up but I, I've tried recording it but I, I don't know maybe I'm just going insane I... uh, the creatures <sighs> I, I'll have to think of a name for them eventually but they've mostly ducked back into their shells and closed the hatches uh, some are over by the uninhabited shell, and, and and they're dipping in their feathered tentacles, bringing them to their mouths, and I, I guess eating? Which, it, it, it's strange. Uh, maybe cannibalism of a dead comrade? But that seems unlikely given how they normally eat. Oh, wait. Uh, the door just shut. One of them touched it, I think? And And now they're returning to their places, and... Well, the, the tide is going down, gradually. I have a lock on her. I have a lock on her. So, maybe she can hear me, maybe she can't. Hello? Uh, come in, Strybot, can you hear me? Uh, what did he just call me? Please respond. What the... Fred. The signal keeps breaking up. I need to... Can I adjust Over. this? And I, I don't even know you think you can fucking hear me. What is going on? Can you on? hear me? Fred, we're Stupid picking up a lot of interference. Hear. Is it the magnetic? Is that we book? have a fix on your location now. Ugh, come on, I'm you damn stupid sure this is you. shit. Just work for once. We're going to be once. coming back around. We have a lock on your location. H Hello? Montague, is that you? Can, can you hear me? Hello? Stupid fucking this stupid... Why won't you just adjust for... Ju I, the fucking button fell off. Damn it, I'm losing this... Signal cracked out. God damn it, but... They must be hearing me. I hope. Okay. Alright, calm down, Fred. Calm down. It's no use worrying about it right now. I'm just going to set up the automated SOS and sit here and listen and just wait. Okay. Tides was written by Jesse Shushu and directed by Jesse Shushu and Ayla Taylor. It was produced by Ayla Taylor and edited by Bridge Geen. The voice of Dr. Uris is Julie Schiaffini. Dr. Robert Montague was voiced by James Oliva. Special thanks to Sarah Durst for designing our cover art. You can find us online at our website, tidespodcast.com, 
and follow us on Tumblr and Twitter at Tides Podcast. If you like our show and would like to help us keep making it, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Tides Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And now, an ocean fact. This is Dr. Winifred Uris. Ocean facts, number two. Sea otters are dicks.